it's just amazing to be able to read a passage like Isaiah 53 and to see that it's prophetic word written 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. 700 years. And it came into fulfillment 100% in Jesus Christ, the person Jesus Christ. We can pinpoint these prophecies on Christ himself. And that is so amazing. So when we think of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel, uh, the gospel is, is basically grounded in solid Old Testament proof. And that's what I would like us to look at this morning. I would like to start off, though, by just asking you three questions, because I, I find that these three questions are becoming more of, and more of an issue, even among professing believers, and that is, do you believe that Jesus is really, or uh, do you believe that Jesus really lived? Do you believe he's a historical figure? I'm not even talking about the incarnation, the fact that he became flesh, that he's God who became flesh. I'm just talking about, do you really believe that he lived at a specific stage in time? There are many, many professing believers that don't believe that anymore. That's why they can come up with false doctrines and false things about Christ, because some of the fundamental things we have to believe about Christ, they don't believe in it anymore. Second question, do you believe that Jesus really died? Or is it what some believe that Jesus just faked it? And that he rose from the, or came out of the grave, uh, and he had a, like a, an agreement with the, the Roman soldiers that at a certain stage they will open up the tomb so he can come out. Do you believe that he really, really died? That he was dead? And the third question is, do you believe that Jesus truly rose from the dead? Is Jesus alive? Because what we believe about these questions, there are many more, but what we believe about these questions will definitely have an impact on our day-to-day -day living. Definitely. Now, many believers say, and it's very easy for them, they say, yes, I believe all of that. And if you ask them the question, why? Why do you believe it? They will say, because it's in the Bible. And uh, if you listen very carefully, you will find out that there's a major attack on the Bible today, on the authority of the Bible, on the inerrancy of the Bible, that the words in the Bible is actually the Word of God. So there's a massive attack that's taking place in the time and the age that we are living in. Now, beloved, I believe, and, and I, I firmly believe this, that Jesus lived, that he died, that he rose on the third day, that he ascended into heaven, and that he is now preparing a place for us, and that he's going to return. And that he was a physical person on this earth, a historical figure, and that everything the scripture says about him is 100% true. And that's a statement that I make. But there are many pastors all over the world that will not make a statement like that anymore. Because they've moved on. It's as if their theology has developed. They now believe things that was never believed before. Now, if I believe that the Bible is true, then I have to believe what the Bible says about Christ. Now. 
And, and the wonderful thing about what the Bible says about Christ is the fact that there are so many prophecies. Isaiah 53 is one. You know, it's not just one, there's many prophecies in Isaiah 53, but there are around about 300 or more prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection, and his life. One person, 300 or more prophecies about him. There are prophecies, for example, about his virgin birth, about his, um, the fact that he was born from the tribe of Judah, that he's from the lineage of King David, uh, that he was born from a virgin, that he led a sinless life, uh, that his atoning work uh, is for the sins of the Jewish people as the Jewish Messiah, but then also extended to the Gentiles, and uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ the Messiah has been prophesied in the Old Testament, and his um, death and resurrection was prophesied long before Jesus was born. It's not as if some, as some people say that what, what has happened is um, some of these prophecies that's written in the Old Testament has been written down after Jesus died, so it could look legitimate. It's not true. These prophecies were written down many, many years ago. And all of these fulfilled prophecies tells us that the Bible is true. And it tells us that Jesus is real. Amazing. Yeah, we, we're using the Bible. It's true. And we can say, yeah, but how can you use your own book to prove what you're saying? Look at the prophecies and whether they come, came true or not. Because it must be God. Who did it for it to come true because there's just too many things that had to fall in place in the person of Jesus Christ at the right time in history with the right roles players playing a role within the history of the world of the time now beloved I, we can call the prophecies of the Old Testament we can call it roadmaps that God has given us roadmaps for us to follow and God gave various prophecies, and he did it through prophets, people, no? that God inspired, and then they wrote down what God gave them. And you can say, wow, but there must be error in that. It's just normal human beings that wrote. Hmm. Yeah. That just, uh, how can I say, that just tells us that God's inspiration is just absolutely, supernaturally amazing. That they could prophesy so many years earlier about things which were yet to come, of which they had no insight into. None. They were looking into these things. They wanted to know, but they didn't know. Scripture teaches us that. Yet they prophesied because God used them as instruments to prophesy, to speak forth that which was yet to come in the future. Now, the prophets spoke about things that mankind was supposed to look out for. That's amazing. He's done it again. Eh? Even after, for the second coming of Christ, once again, we've got prophecy after prophecy that we have to look out for. We, we need to make sure that we see these prophecies, and, uh, these prophecies and we see the signs so that we can prepare ourselves and be ready for the return of Christ. And likewise, the Old Testament prophecies were given so that the Jewish people could look at it and say, the Messiah is coming. 
And then they should have said, when Jesus was on the earth, Ah, Messiah is here. The problem with mankind is that we have a sinful nature. No? And our sinful nature is drawn to this world. And our sinful nature is drawn to the things of this world and the devil and the lust of the eye and all these kind of things that are contrary to what God wants from us. Now, if we look at 300 prophecies, more than 300 prophecies, that was fulfilled by Jesus Christ in his first coming. Amazing. Mathematically speaking, the odds of anyone fulfilling this amount of prophecies are actually staggering. I got some statistics and it just blew my mind. I read this some years ago, but wow, once again, it just encouraged me so much. Because mathematicians... They, they put it this way. They say for one person to fulfill eight prophecies. Okay? You've got to put your thinking caps now. You've got to go back to school for a moment. All right, so. For one person to fulfill eight prophecies, it will take one chance in ten to the sixteenth power. So that's ten with sixty noughts after it. That is the chance of one person fulfilling eight prophecies. For one person to fulfill 48 prophecies, it will take one chance in 10 to the 157th power. That means it's a 10 plus 157 zeros behind it. It's, it's nearly impossible. Really, it's nearly impossible. But for one person to fulfill more than 300 prophecies being fulfilled in him, in that person. And this is the beautiful part of it. Only Jesus Christ could do it. It's completely impossible. Christ did it. God did it. It's supernatural. And it is beyond our understanding. Stefan said in the convening, he said, the gospel is simple. And that's so true. It's because God made the gospel as simple as possible for us. But when it comes to God's working, or his workings on this earth, or his workings in his creation, it is completely beyond our understanding. It is far above what we can think or try to reason about, or philosophize about, it is just too high to come by. Because we're working with the Almighty God, who has history and creation and time and everything in the palm of His hand. And each one of us are also in the palm of His hand. Beloved, these prophecies in the Bible shows us that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. And that's why I can draw the truth from God's word and give it as truth and say, this is what is being seen and this has been fulfilled, which means that what the Bible says is true. We can trust the Bible. You see, only God could foresee or foreknow and accomplish all that was written about Jesus Christ. And many things had to fall in place. Nothing happened by chance. 
Otherwise, nothing would have happened. If one thing was out of place, the whole plan would have fallen flat. Do you realize that? One thing. Yet God made sure that every single detail was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. The one that we celebrate as the risen Lord, as our King, as our Master. Beloved, the historical accuracy and reliability of the Old Testament prophecies basically sets the Bible apart from any other book or any other record. And that's why there's such an attack against the Bible. Even though the people that attacks the Bible cannot refute what has been written in the Bible. They can twist it. They can bring in doctrines of demons. They can lie about it. They can twist and do all kinds of things with it, but they cannot refute the truth of the Scripture because at the end of the day, they have to say, God is right. Scripture is right. If they are willing to be honest with themselves. But the God of this world, unfortunately, blinded their senses and likewise... The senses of people have been blinded by the God of this world, but it's the gospel and the preaching of the gospel and God through his spirit who regenerates sinners that opens up people's eyes so that they can see the truth and be set free and believe what the word of God has to say to us. Now, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, and he fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies in his first coming. So let's look at a few uh, prophecies about Jesus' death, specifically. Now, the best-known prophecies uh, will be, uh, is found in two places, two, two major places. Psalm 22. Uh, we didn't read it this morning because it's nice and long. We read Isaiah 53 because that's the second place. Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53. Now, Psalm 22 prophesied about different aspects of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. All right? And by the way, when David wrote this, it was a thousand years before Jesus was born. A thousand years. Amazing. Now, let's look at some. Psalm 22, verse 16, tells us that the Messiah's hands and his feet, feet will be pierced through it. And this is what we read. You can turn to Psalm 22. We're going to read a few of the verses there. So what we're doing is we're taking the Old Testament and looking from the Old Testament, and we can see from the Old Testament and the prophecies written in the Old Testament that Jesus Christ of the New Testament is firstly truly the Jewish Messiah but secondly he is the savior of the Gentile world as well all right so the Old Testament even though it's not written that salvation will go to the Gentiles that is a New Testament concept um, the Old Testament is already laying the foundation so that when we get to the New Testament and we see how the gospel is now brought to the Gentiles we can see wow it's all because of the prophecies of the Old Testament that Jesus Christ fulfilled. Uh, Psalm 22:16 says, For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. 
Interestingly enough, the, the prophecies in, in Psalm 22 is so clear, it is it's so precise, that there are people that says, no, 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 it couldn't have been written a thousand years before Jesus came. It's not possible. They sneaked it into the Old Testament. These things were written after the death of Jesus Christ. So they've taken the facts that happened during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and what happened before, and they've taken it and they've written it into the Old Testament to make it trustworthy. Beloved, that's not true. That's not true. Praise God that we have prophecy. And if you don't want to believe it, that's up to you. I look at a Gentile person or I look at a, a sinner or somebody that doesn't want to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I say, it's your choice. If you don't want to believe, don't believe. As for me, I cannot do anything else but to believe. The ev evidence is overwhelming. If you're willing to look and you're willing to believe. Another one, the Messiah's bones would not be broken. Look at verse 17. Uh, now, you would remember that the two criminals that was crucified with Christ, that their bones were broken uh, because they wanted to make sure that they died before sundown because they had to be off the, um, the, the, the crosses before uh, sundown because Sabbath would start. All right, so they would break the bones, but when they got to Christ, he was dead already. And that's why they took the spear and they tested whether he was dead. So they pushed the spear into his side. And when water and blood came out and it was separated, they knew that Jesus was dead already. And they never broke a bone from his body. And we read in verse 17, I can count all my bones. So they are not broken, eh? I can count all of them. They look and stare at me. Not a bone in Jesus' body was broken. Never. I mean on the cross. Because it was prophesied and prophecy had to come into fulfillment. Another one. Men would cast lots uh, um, for the Messiah's clothing. In verse 18. It says, they divide my garments among them. And my clothing, they cast lots. How precise can that be? Here the soldiers are at the foot of the cross taking the clothes of Jesus Christ and casting the lots of who's going to get his clothes. And they didn't even realize that they were fulfilling Old Testament prophecy that was written 1,000 years earlier. But they had to do it so that Scripture could be fulfilled. You see, everything that happened during the crucifixion of Christ was preordained by God. Which means that it had to happen exactly the way it had to happen. Otherwise, God would be a liar. Because remember, the prophecies of the Old Testament comes from God. And God is no man that you should lie. God's word is yes and amen. It's always true. Beloved, someone said that the accuracy and the specific nature of David's prophecy has caused some skeptics to believe it was written after the crucifixion had already taken place. And that is to, to just cast doubt over the prophecies of the Old Testament. Because that's what critics can do, because they cannot disprove the prophecies. If someone should ever ask us, 
Where in the Old Testament is the birth and the death of Jesus Christ predicted? And I think Psalm 22 should be included in our conversation. Go to Psalm 22. It's not a lot of things that you have to explain that's difficult to explain. Just go to Psalm 22. And then the passage that Stephen read for us this morning in Isaiah 53, we find messianic prophecies. And remember, when we read the Old Testament, we're not looking, uh, let's say, the, the Jewish people of those days would not look at Jesus Christ of the New Testament. Okay? They would be looking at the coming Messiah. And you will find it in Israel now as well. The Orthodox Jews are awaiting the return of Messiah or the coming of Messiah. So they have this expectation that Messiah is coming. They don't think of Jesus Christ as being the Jewish Messiah. But for us who have the New Testament, we know that Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah that was prophesied that he would come. And that he fulfilled all the prophecies and all the expectations that came through the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah or the Jewish Messiah that was to come. Now, Isaiah 53 prophesies about the death of Messiah for the sins of his people. And by the way, this happened 700 years before Jesus was born. So we've got prophecies from a thousand years before Jesus was born. And we've got prophecies 700 years before Jesus was born. Beloved, we can't even think that far. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we can think about 100 years, say, yeah, maybe 80 years. But 700 years, 1,000 years, that's a long time. Yet, this is exactly what happened. Isaiah prophesied 700 years later, it happened. That's just amazing. And uh, Isaiah provides details of the death and the life of Jesus Christ. Look at, let, look at, let's look at a few examples. Verse 3. So if you're in Isaiah 53, let's look at verse 3. It uh, clearly tells us that the Messiah would be rejected. And we know in the New Testament, now nah, it happened, that Jesus Christ was rejected as the Jewish Messiah. And they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. So verse 3 says, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And by the way, when you read Isaiah 53, this, uh, these pictures that we find of Jesus all over the place, no? you know, this like feminine-looking man with his beard and his long hair and his little fine face or whatever, the Scripture teaches us that nobody wouldn't, would even look at Christ in that sense. He wasn't something for the eye. He didn't stand out because he was this attractive guy, you know, with a nice big muscles and a six-pack, you know, and a tailor-made suit and kind of stuff. That wasn't Jesus Christ. He was a carpenter's son. He worked hard. You, I, I can't think of it now. You know these hard things that comes on your hands when you work hard? That's what Jesus' hands must have looked like. He wasn't someone to look at and say, oh, you know what, we've got such an amazing rabbi. He would win a, a beauty contest because it's, he's so attractive. No, that's not the Jewish Messiah. That's not Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
But beloved, he was um, rejected by his own people. The people he came to save because he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yet, they rejected him. And it was prophesied 700 years before it happened. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 tells us that the Messiah would be killed as a sacrifice for the sins of his people. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Beloved, and by the way, we, I've said it before, but let me say it again. This verse has got nothing to do with physical healing. Nothing. Not one little bit. Because otherwise we are taking a prophecy from the Old Testament and we're really twisting it to fit our little theology or our beliefs. This verse speaks, or this prophecy, or the part of this prophecy speaks directly about Christ Paying the penalty for our sin. Healing us from our sin. All right. Another one. Look at verse 7 of Isaiah 53. It says that the Messiah now will be silent in front of his accusers. It's amazing when Jesus was taken and he, he was put on trial with the dev, uh, various leaders. Even when he came before the Sanhedrin. He didn't talk. Uh, there were a few times when Jesus spoke, but he never defended himself. He was quiet. Just like a sheep that is led to slaughter. Those who have slaughtered sheep before, uh, I, know, I witnessed it when I was very young. It disturbed me greatly, but um, I witnessed it. Um, and it was because the sheep looked into my eyes. That was bad. Anyway, and I could see the life go out of that sheep, but that sheep didn't make a noise. Not even a, uh, no noise. And this is what Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah 53, 7. He says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Perfect prophecy, perfectly fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was quiet. He didn't defend himself. Willfully, he laid down his life for his sheep, for his people. Just like a lamb that is led to slaughter. Jesus was led to slaughter willfully. Willingly, he went to the cross. He could have legions of angels to come and rescue him. He didn't do that. He went to the cross and he died for our sin. But Isaiah also tells us that Messiah will be buried with the rich. Huh, interesting, huh? He will be buried, not as a rich man, but be buried... With the rich. Look at verse, verse 9 of Isaiah 53. It says, And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. You remember Joseph of Arimathea? Came and he said, Please give me the 
the body of Jesus Christ so I can bury him. And Jesus was placed into a brand new um, grave, tomb. Those days, they, they didn't dig a hole and put somebody in a hole and cover it up. Now it's a tomb. But brand spanking new. And in those days, if somebody had a private tomb, it means that person was wealthy. That person could afford it. But it wasn't Jesus' tomb. Jesus didn't buy it. But he was buried there. So that Old Testament prophecy could be fulfilled. That Jesus was buried with the rich. It doesn't tell us that he was rich. The prosperity gospel will twist this like you cannot believe. Because they want to show that Jesus was rich and we can be rich. Because Jesus is the one who makes us rich. And we don't have to... Uh, endure sickness because by his stripes we are healed from all our sickness and that's what many do is they twist the prophecies and they twist what scripture teaches the last one, the last one from Isaiah 53 uh, yeah, is um, that the Messiah will be with criminals in his death and this is in verse 12 he says therefore Verse 12, therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Which means that Jesus Christ was counted with the criminals. Jesus was counted with the sinners. Jesus was counted with the cast outs. Exactly as Isaiah prophesied it. Beloved, when we read the scriptures and especially the prophecies, it's amazing how accurate Bible prophecy is. It's amazing. And remember, the test of a true prophet, no? or the test of true prophecy, it has to come into fulfillment, otherwise it's false. Every bit of it has to come into fulfillment, then you are a true prophet if you prophesy. It's not like these modern prophets today that prophesize and they say, no, just put it on the shelf, it will come true sometime. Or that stand in front of you and they lie, they physically lie to you, but they say, thus saith the Lord. They are false prophets. And even if a prophet speaks and he, his prophecy comes true, but in his prophecy he says, let's follow after other gods, then God allows that prophecy to come true, but he's testing his people by sending a false prophet to them to see whether they are going to be able to discern true and false prophets in their midst. So the test for prophecy is very high in Scripture, very, very high. Beloved, but all the prophecies about Jesus Christ came into fulfillment. Every single one of it. That just tells us that the Bible is trustworthy, fully and completely trustworthy. So what does this all mean for us? What does it mean? I, um, as, as we look back to consider Old Testament prophecies, there are some things uh, 
we can take away from all of this. And I believe the first thing that we can take away, specifically if we look at the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament, and that is that we can trust the Bible completely. The second thing is the Bible is a living, active word of God. It's not a dead historical book. It's living. It's active. And we can depend on what God has spoken in his word because it is his word. The third thing is what has been predicted has either already come to pass or it will. It's just a matter of time. And we can trust the Lord for that. I would like to leave you with two truths that Jesus spoke when he was on this earth in his public ministry. First one is in Matthew chapter 5 verse 18. The other one in Matthew 24 verse 35. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 18, Jesus said the following. He says, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one yacht and one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. You see, Jesus Christ fulfills the law, but he also fulfilled the prophets because Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. He is who he is. And then Matthew 24, verse 35, says, uh, Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Big words to say. My words will never pass away. That means that Jesus is extremely sure of himself. But beloved, he can be because he's God. All the prophecies about him came into fulfillment. Why won't he be um, confident of what he is going to say as God incarnate. Oh, it's so beautiful. Now, when it's all said and done and every prophecy has been fulfilled, God's word will still be standing and all the critics, smells will be shut up because God's word is true forever. And we can count on that. Beloved, Scripture teaches that Jesus died, he was buried, he rose on the third day, and it was all prophesied as God inspired prophets to write it down. We can fully trust God's word. We can fully believe the gospel. We can repent because God is the one who can save us, who can forgive us of our sin. He can lead us into salvation, into eternity forever and ever, and he will do it in Christ. For all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of his sin. And the wonderful thing is that we know from the Old Testament, in the context of what we said this morning, that God is in complete control. Not only when Jesus died, even now. And we can fully trust him. And I know it's hard. But beloved, we can fully trust him. He's trustworthy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your word that is clear. Thank you for your word that prophesies about Christ Jesus, the Jewish Messiah who came to die. 
and that those prophecies came into fulfillment in Christ. Thank you that we can read them and be strengthened knowing that Jesus Christ did it all so that we can be saved. That he did it all so that we can look forward to eternity with you. He did everything and everything came into fulfillment in him so that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. And during this time, this Passover time, we, we are reminded that the Passover lamb was slaughtered. Father, thank you so much that we can look back at the Old Testament and see that Jesus Christ is not just a prophet. He's not just a good rabbi or a good man or a good teacher. But that we can see that Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah. He is our Lord and Savior. He is God incarnate. He is everything that has been spoken about him in the scriptures and prophesied about him. And thank you so much that we can worship him. May Christ be lifted up and may his light shine in and through us and may we paint pictures of Christ to those who would listen 